Denise and I had some wonderful friends uh, when we worked at the One Way Adventure Foundation in Headley, B.C. Uh, for those of you that uh, haven't heard, the One Way Adventure Foundation was a Christian organization that provided residential care for troubled teens. Uh, the kids that came to our program um, came from really messed up, uh, abusive, dysfunctional backgrounds. And, and most of them had uh, somehow run afoul of the law in some way or another. And so when they came to us, uh, they presented with all kinds of challenges for, for us as staff to be able to try and help guide them to um, make some changes and healthy choices in their lives. It was a real challenge for those staff who were also parents, uh, who had kids that were either younger or a peer group of uh, these troubled teens that we were dealing with. And uh, you can imagine all of the uh, negative influences that, that, uh, that, were, uh, that, that these staff children were, uh, were uh, presented with. One of our good friends that was there, I think, handled this really well. Um, one of the things that they would do with their two, their uh, son and daughter, is uh, before they would go out and go hanging out with friends, whether that was at school or with some of these kids that were working in our programs or not, they would always sit them down and look in the eye and say, remember who you are. Uh, there was a lot that was packed into that statement. I think uh, on one level it was to remember what family that you are a part of and that the choices and, and, and the actions that you uh, live out don't just reflect on yourself, but they impact the rest of our family as well. And so remember who you are. Uh, but also part of that was to, to remind their children, remember who you are, uh, the values and the, the foundations that, that, that you have and that we have as a family here in this group. And, and as you go out and you're in, in activities and presented with pressures and, and options and temptations, remember those values. Remember that strength and what's important to you and to us as a family and, and make choices appropriately. Remember who you are. I think it also uh, had, had this, uh, this aspect of, of remember who you are. Remember the, the loving, stable, healthy family that you're a part of. Uh, that, that you have been given tremendous advantages over some of these other uh, young people who are in your peer group. And, and so as, as you interact with them, Look for opportunities to be a positive influence rather than to be impacted or influenced by some of their negative choices. Remember who you are. In our passage here that we're reading in Peter today, I think in some ways that's what Peter's trying to communicate um, to, to those that he's writing to. He wants them to remember who you are. Maybe even more appropriately to remember whose you are. So let's look at this passage. We're in 1 Peter chapter 1, and I'm going to start reading at verse 17. It says, And if you call on him as Father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. 
He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in these last times for your sake, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Remember who you are. Once again, we are continuing on in, in this passage in Peter, and as we've talked about before, there are these huge, long, run-on sentences that are connected in the original Greek through the grammatical structure that if we were to uh, try to translate into English, every grammar teacher in the world would be going, oh, you can't do that, that's not right. And so in my... In my online Bible study, the, the notes that are there that try and explain why uh, they've translated things the way that they are, uh, you see this repeated phrase time and time again. Because of the length and complexity of the Greek sentence, a new sentence was started here in the translation. That's exactly what is uh, written to start us off here with verse 17, because this isn't a new sentence. This is a continuation of what has gone on before. And so in order to understand what exactly he's saying, we need to look back just a little bit and realize what he's been talking about. This whole idea of being holy because your Father is holy. Your Father who is in heaven is holy. And so as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. And then verse 17, if you call on him, the almighty God who is holy and who judges impartially in that holiness, he judges everyone's deeds without showing favoritism, without being drawn into overlooking anything, but he sees the heart of each and every one of us and knows exactly what's going on and will judge us accordingly. In light of who the Father is in all of his perfection and in all of his holiness, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. We need to make sure that we conduct ourselves with an appropriate level of reverence for this marvelous God who in all of His holiness is infinitely concerned about our every word, every action, every attitude, every thought. And He is there leading and guiding us and moving us towards that. And so in, in reverence, in, in some healthy fear, um, and in, in an attitude of surrender and submission, conduct yourselves in such a way that is in keeping with the calling to which you have received. 
And if you call on him as father who judges impartially, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Peter doesn't want us to forget the fact that that our citizenry is not of earth. And that's part of this whole idea of remember who you are. Because it's very easy for us to get caught up in feeling a part of earth, a part of the culture, a part of the, the, the society that we are surrounded with and to be influenced by that society. And, and he wants us to remember that we are sojourners here. We don't live, we live here, but we don't have our citizenship here on earth. We are children of the King. And that our, our, our home is in heaven. And that is a marvelous hope and a marvelous thing to, uh, that he is going to, throughout this whole letter, continue to bring people back to is uh, remember where your citizenship is and conduct yourselves accordingly. Remember who you are, that knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. You have been set free. You are no longer held captive by those, that sin nature that has characterized and, and, and directed the steps of our ancestors, those that have gone on before us. And that includes not only those ancestors that have chosen a hedonistic or a pagan kind of a, of a, of a lifestyle, but it's also those ancestors that have been held captive by legalism, by a, a moral code that they were never able to live up to, that they were always drilling in and living in that, that fear and oppression under. Christ has ransomed you from that futile way of life. So remember who you are. That ransom came at a tragic price. And he is saying, remember who you are, that you were ransomed with the precious blood of Christ. Not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with something that lasts for eternity. The precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Remember that you were ransomed, not only just ransomed, but that you were cleansed. That you are a new creation in Christ. Because of his blood and what it has done in your heart. Remember who you are. Remember that it is the blood of Christ that, that is of eternal sufficiency. Sometimes we, we lose sight of that and, and, and we get caught up in thinking, how can Christ forgive me? My sin is far too great for His blood to forgive. And yet it is that infinite value of His sacrifice on our behalf 
that we know that all of our sin, not only all of our sin, but as John says, the sin of the whole world is the source, is the, is the hope, is, is the, the blood of Christ has the sufficiency to, to cover the sin of the whole world. And so there isn't any reason to, to feel um, that shame or guilt because Christ, uh, Christ's sacrifice has paid it all. And then in verse 20, speaking more about the, the, the Lamb, the, the precious blood of Christ, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in these last times for your sake. Remember who you are. That before the world was even created, God had already determined that Christ would die on your behalf. Before any action had been taken by humanity in rebellion against God. Before any cruel words of rejection of God ever crossed human lips before we even had a thought before we were created before this world which which was set up in order to house us to give us an opportunity to experience relationship with God before any of this existed God had already determined that Christ would die for you this is the eternal plan of salvation that God has determined right from the very beginning. You can understand how some people have questions about that. Why, why would God even create us if He knew that we would rebel against Him? Why would He create us knowing that, that we would sin, that we would be separated from Him, and, and ultimately so many would be destined for destruction in hell, for an eternal separation? And, and we struggle with that. And I don't have any really great answers that, that, that will put that question to rest other than to say God is eternal. He's not limited to time. And He sees both our, our past, our present, and our future as the eternal now. And in the midst of His ability to transcend time, this is the plan that He determined is best for His glory and for our good, for our blessing. If there was no sin, if there was no human falling, if there was no rebellion that we were exist that we had 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 um, engaged in, no one would ever know of the redeeming power of Jesus Christ. If there was no human sin, no one would know the extent that God would go to extend His love to His creation. 
And so in the midst of his perfection, he still set up this plan of salvation to rescue us from ourselves so that we could then spend the rest of eternity proclaiming to all of creation of the great love and the wisdom and the power and the beauty and the righteousness of God as it's been experienced in our lives. It's that thing we talked about that even angels wonder at. That that depth of relationship that angels can only long to ever have because they were never created in the image of God like humanity is. And they sit back and they marvel at the goodness of God. We must remember who we are. Verse 21 says, Who through Him are believers in God who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. That word, that, that the Greek word that is translated uh, who through Him are believers in God is a, a unique form of the Greek word of faithful, pisteos. And, and it's a, a passive form which throughout the rest of the Bible, um, the rest of the, the Greek uh, New Testament, is translated faithful rather than believers. And yet most translations uh, now would, would uh, translate it as believers in this particular sense. But I think that that angle of it gives us a little bit more of a, of a fullness of what Peter is trying to say here. He's talking about that, that we who are the faithful ones in Christ, faithful being the ones who continue to put their faith and trust in who Jesus is, the faithful ones who walk in step with the Spirit and, and follow His leading and guiding so that, that they reflect and, and produce the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. It is these faithful ones who are, uh, who are faithful in God or faithful towards God. God raised him, Christ, from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. So, the thing that we want to remember in all of this is that, that as we are continuing on in our life, with a, with a faithful dependence on the Holy Spirit, on trusting in the work of, of Christ to transform our hearts so that we live out that, that reflection of His character, that image that He is refining in us more and more. That as we are faithful, we can have confidence that it is God's work in us that's accomplishing that. We've been talking about this balance that there is throughout Peter. 
about our responsibility, our need for, for following Christ, but how He is the one who is empowering and completing that work within us. I think in my last sermon I talked about it as a dance. How, how Christ is that perfect lead in, leading dance partner. How, how as, as, as He dances with us, He leads us so well that, that it makes it look effortless. But we need to keep our eyes on Him. Because if we don't pay attention, we're going to fall all over our feet. But when we fix our eyes on Christ, the, the, the founder and, and, and perfecter of our faith, He will lead us perfectly to create something that is beautiful, that, that creates uh, wonder for all who would see it. And He transforms our heart. That's that balance that we're seeing here in this passage as well, in verse 21. That as we are faithful in God, we can have confidence that our faith and hope is in God. That He is the one who is accomplishing that within us. That it's not about us being able to follow all the rules and regulations and that's what makes us faithful in God, but rather... It is God's transforming work in our lives that is holding us secure and, and consistent in following Christ and working in His midst, in, in uh, working through His empowerment in our lives. So remember who you are. This week, as you interact with with different people in your in your daily day-to-day lives, whether it's at work or whether it's in your socializing, remember who you are. When somebody cuts you off while you're driving down the road, remember who you are. Don't allow that, that anger and that, that, that rage to come bubbling out, but instead, remember that Christ has sacrificed Himself for you and is transforming your heart so that you can be a representative of the glory of God. As you're interacting with your spouse this week and they do that thing that you just irks you, Remember who you are. And trust in Christ's transforming work in your heart to be able to, to, to create a response in you that, 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 character, that is characterized by love and honor and respect. When your kids, once again, walk that rebellious path and do those things that they should not be doing and you have that fear in your heart of is this something that's going to, to um, impact their lives for the rest of their, uh, their careers or their education or, or whatever. Remember who you are. That you are God's gift to them to lead and guide them, to, to love them. And as just the Father leads and guides in His gentle, careful way in your life that you can come alongside and the Spirit will show you exactly what your child needs in order to help them grow and become all that Christ 
wants and needs for them. As you're scrolling through your social media and seeing all of the, the, the nastiness that comes out of people's typing and texts that are out on, on there, and, and, and there is just this greater amounts of division that is coming up in our world and all of the conflict and chaos that we see that's building. Remember who you are. You are a citizen of heaven. That there isn't anything that anybody can hold over you to, to make you compromise those values that you hold dear that Christ lays out for us in Scripture. But remember that, that there is a, an eternal hope that is kept solid for you. And as we know persecution for Christians is going to ramp up in the days ahead. That we can remember that we are children of the King. And there isn't anything that anybody can do that can uh, go against what the Father has willed for each and every one of us. And, and no matter what circumstances we find ourselves, no matter what tribulation, the promise of Jesus is just that as He overcame, that He will lead us to also overcome. Remember who you are. And in those moments this week, when the Spirit puts you in front of somebody who is, who is captive to the futile ways of their forefathers, remember who you are. That you are an agent of hope. That you are a messenger of the love of Jesus. And that whatever deception that this person is being held captive to, that Jesus will give you the words to shine the light of His truth into their lives and play a part in guiding them into relationship with this King and to join us as part of the family of Christ. Remember who you are. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you that we belong to you. That you have called us before the, the world ever began. And you determined that we would be your children. Thank you for the sacrifice that Jesus has made, that, that tragic price that he has paid, that eternal price that he has paid that has no limits no uh, no uh, no boundary no end in sight but continues to to wash and cleanse and purify our hearts Lord I pray that you would help us through your spirit to to walk in a way this week that remembers who we are that remembers whose we are. And that we would be able to walk in a way that, that brings glory to you, that reveals our faith and our trust in you. 
and proclaims your truth to a world who so desperately needs to know your transforming work in their lives. We thank you for that in Jesus' name.